Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Was bandy around not recently. Our mission, our mission, our mission wants to show, 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 our mission wants to show. that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. How you doing, folks? You're all very welcome to the Irish Examiner's Monday podcast aftermath of the first big hurling weekend of the year. Uh, we're down here on Lee Side as a bit of a a, a lull in the air, a kind of few low hanging clouds around the place. I noticed last night myself. I was staying around, uh, but sure, look, uh, Claire lost the first round down here last year. I think and could have gone on to being in the All Ireland final after. So I suppose. Um, we got to look at that. It's 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 a it's a marathon, not a sprint. But of course, you're you're behind the eight ball now, going to Limerick next week, really. Um, but still, loads to play for. I, I suppose first of all, the thing that struck me about yesterday was like thirty one thousand people in the park for a round robin monster championship game, you know. And I just thought it was it was actually Jackie Terry was on with me, and he was never. At, I couldn't believe that either <laughs> that, that Jackie was never at a monster championship match. But that'll tell you the the single-minded attitude that those guys had when they were winning those All-Irelands. It was the first time ever at a Munster Championship match of any sort. You know, and he living in Kilkenny City, like, as it was it too much of a track to get over to Turles, like. But uh, I said, I didn't really bother, like, you know, I was waiting to see who'd win it. You know, but uh, he was, he was, he was actually enthralled with the atmosphere, I have to say. Uh, and it was, it was a big success, I would say, for the park. Yeah, it's badly needed, Dale, as we said on Saturday, you know, it was, you know, Cork had, a, you know, had bad publicity over the last couple of weeks and months, but in fairness, to, like, the, you know, they got the pitch right, the pitch looked absolutely magnificent and not a word about it afterwards, which is, obviously, it was in tip shop shapes, like, you know, so it was, it was really good, I'd, I'd say that 30,000, 30, I suppose, was fantastic in the context of some, uh, I thought, of the disappointing crowds that were probably in Walsh Park that it wasn't full, and 9,500 in Nolan Park on Saturday night, which was... Probably very disappointing in the context of, of numbers I w- you normally would have expected Nolan Park to be full. But you know the Dublin hurling crowd. Yeah, but <laughs> I would have thought, a certain crowd. Yeah, but I still would have thought, for, you know, from for the game that was in it, you know, anytime you go to Nolan Park in a championship match, like it's, I just thought nine and a half thousand was. I just even on the night there was a lot of empty spaces there. I just was probably expecting a bigger crowd, like you know, as you say, even though the Dublin hurling followers don't travel, I would have thought there'd be a lot more from Kilkenny there or from neutral point of view. Like I just thought nine and a half thousand was was a low enough figure. Yeah, you know, but again, as I said, it was thirty thousand. Brilliant in the park yesterday, like and uh, uh, 
but a disappointing day unfortunately for the Rebels yeah it's just uh, we're joined also by Michael Moynihan examiner uh, standing dish for so so long and, and do, do we love reading uh, his back page piece uh, sometimes we have to go out to Google uh, to understand some of the words I have to say but he's a, he's a Glen man he's an ordinary hurling man at the end of the day What make your take on, on, on the, the occasion yesterday a standing dish is is that a clear expression? <laughs> it, is, go, it is. I'll have to go to Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. <for that> one. <laughs> yeah, look, I go along with you. It was it was good, and it was it was. It's obviously very good for the park that the stadium wasn't the story. I suppose like the pitch is going to be replaced. And I remember talking to someone who's involved and saying, "Look, people will be down the park looking at the pitch, saying, look, doesn't look fantastic.' Nobody said, "Look, it still will have to be replaced." But as Jerry said, at least it wasn't the. It wasn't the story. And the story was like how good Tipper, in own fairness, they were very good. Um, like Cork were a little bit off as well, but that's not to take anything away from Tip. There was a lot of unhappiness in the Cork road with the referee's performance in the second half. But, yeah. I mean, John Moyler said it afterwards, look, the ref didn't beat us. That's, that has nothing to do with it. And, you know, Tip, I mean, it's a yeah. cliche, but they, they put down a marker, in fairness. Yeah, but Mick, I, I'd have got a bit of that last night now. Would have had no beer there. Um, myself and Jackie Turrell, we were, we were on and, and we were having no beer. And good luck, Cork people. And, I thought the Hoggy one with Carl Barrett was a big one because Cork had a little bit of momentum, I thought, at the time. But the Dara Fitzgibbon one, he definitely threw the ball out in front of himself, which is a foul. And then he was fouled. So outside of that, I didn't get a whole pile more of the controversial ones, really. See, the, the Hoggy, I think, I think what happens when you're watching a match like that is that a kind of a narrative develops. Cork got the Harnady goal and the tails are up and they were closing in and it was always if people believe yeah. we'll get a penalty here and Hoggy will stick it and it'll be a barnstorming grandstand finish. Now, when we saw the, the game live, it looked to me, I'll put it this way, it looked to me like the type of decision a referee would make. I'll give a penalty here. Even subconsciously, I'll give a penalty here because Cork are behind and this will make it a rattler then of a finish. I couldn't say, honestly, my first impulse was that it was a foul on Horgan, but I, I was literally up in the stand. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have made that call. I thought there were one or two on that he could have given Cork's way, but in fairness, I said at the time, I thought he gave Cork some very soft frees in the first half, which, yeah. were, which were not kind of championship frees, kind of a little pulling and dragging, but you know, you, you, you wouldn't have been shocked if they went the other way. So I, I, I certainly wouldn't have gone to tone on, on Sean Clear's performance. And he did take a fair slap to the head. Maybe we should have had a, a concussion Want yeah. the rugby lads to come on and ask him who the president was or what day it was, just yeah. to be sure. Mr. Mr. Jackie Tyrrell was uh, quite funny uh, in the instant. Um, Sean Clear is obviously an O'Loughlin Gales man and Jackie being a James Stevens man and he got a belt of the slitter in the back of the head and he says, ah, typical O'Loughlin's lying down again, he says. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just goes to show that all, all, all politics are local, aren't oh, yeah. they? Even if you're at your first Munster Championship match. <laughs> but like... Uh, you know, just to chuck it out there, I suppose. Tip two twenty four from play. Some we did we we couldn't really envisage it, could we? No, like we were. I suppose we we were forewarned. I suppose in the league match we didn't really take much. You know, the notice we should, we probably should have taken. They scored one twenty nine back in back against Cork the last time. Thirty scores. Two twenty eight yesterday. Thirty scores. You know what I mean? So we, we always knew the potential of the tip forwards had, but uh, you know, certainly we. Certainly, we weren't anticipating like that. That two twenty four from play like is phenomenal going. I presume they had, they had another ten or twelve wides missed a penalty. You know, you could have you could have been rattling up. You know, three thirty five there yesterday, like in that kind of situation, which would have been incredible. So and as Michael said, gave away a lot of handy frees uh, in the first half. In the first half, yeah, absolutely. As you said, there was there was a couple of ones there that you certainly would question that they were they were tight enough. 
They obviously must have spoken about it because the discipline in the second half was an awful lot better, even though there was a couple of calls, as you say, were a bit dubious, but they certainly tightened it up. Um, and you could see, like, Cork were getting... Were in the first half, they, you know, they were trying to get momentum and it was, just, it was the freeze that were keeping them in the game. And once that was stopped, you know, you could see, you know, that uh, the tip, like, were, were once they were winning their, those battles and getting the ball to the half, to midfield, and then spraying it inside in the forward line. Like, they have, we know they have great forwards, but they certainly turned up yesterday in a, with a performance that had Eamon O'Shea stamped all over it. Yeah, Eamon, like, I, I, we were just talking about it before we came into the studio. So he kind of can do no wrong in some ways, even though we, we forget maybe his time in management as actual manager. But he seems to be the the guy who people, you know, they kind of say, Eamon, yeah. he has he, that. He, he has the God of coaching. Like you would, yeah. I, I think it's no coincidence. Like, you go back to the years that he's been involved in the coaching, and you know, the, especially with the forwards, the movement, where it was coming from, it was, like, it, was, it was as if they knew exactly where the balls were coming from once, once the balls got to a certain area. They sprayed it around, the confidence... Dale, I was watching before the match, and I was watching their warm-up, like they're touching, they're striking, they're, they're handling. I don't think there, was, there, was, there wasn't a ball dropped, like it was going to hand every time, and they brought that to the game. Brian Hogan's puck outs, 50, 60 yards straight to the hand, and I think that, you know, that's the, to get a team right like that, as you know, we've all been, we were involved yeah. in coaching to get a team right like that, that's a great achievement. I just take my hats off to my thought was a, I thought they were, they were touched, they're striking, they're, they're, you know, they're handling the ball, and there was was fantastic I just, uh, that brought the, that allowed them to bring that confidence then to be able to play I think you know and just on the other side of that then Mick if we the, I, I just couldn't believe the cock touch at times where we taught guys you know you know, one touch and gone it was always taking the second touch nearly and I presume they would have had maybe a few more training sessions than Tip on the pitch I presume Tip were allowed in for one um, but Cork probably wouldn't have been doing much there now obviously minding it but but I just like there was times when you were saying, "Here we go," and the next thing the cock lad fumble it, or you know a cock corner back or, or a full back would be out in front, to, which is the hardest part, and then the touch gone wrong, and then swallowed up by a swarm tackle or something like that. Yeah, I mean, my understanding is Tip were offered the free takers. Jason Ford was left out to take a few frees, and that was it. No cock didn't do much, certainly in terms of training. But I mean, I thought it was striking. Know how many times cock were blocked down yesterday? A couple of times, fellas just. And it lost the ball almost in the, in the lights, if you like, and it didn't run for them. But I suppose, from my perspective, I'd say car people are disappointed that the appetite didn't seem to be there that was there with Tip. Even though you've Tip for this world 10 or 12 years in the road, who have all earned medals, have won it all, and yet they were far hungrier yesterday. And in that, in that context, I'd be curious, Anthony, to hear, like, Cork have had Gary Keegan involved for a couple of years. And it's a very nebulous thing. We don't know much about it. You know, he's not a psychologist as such. He's not a nutritionist. So it's 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 hard to nail down. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, you know, you worked with him. What what does he bring to the table in terms of player attitude and that kind of stuff? Well, the first thing he'd bring to the table is to say he grew up hating the GAA because he was from Ballybock. And every Sunday when Crow Park was full, they were virtually locked into their apartments around there. And, you know, he's just, a, he's just such a humble bloke, but... God, like he just has an aura about him. Well, uh, the only way I can describe it is, uh, you know, I'd say Richie Stakelin will be a very confident, you know, uh, excellent businessman, and you know, to work with him in hurling it would be a pleasure and cuts to the chase and that kind of thing. And it'd be good for me, I would always say. But the first day we met Gary, we met him down in his office in Abbottstown, 
and when we came out an hour and a half later Stakelam took off his work jacket that he came from work and he said Dalo and the sweat was out through him and I took off my jumper and the sweat was out through me and I said is this what I like and he said just the intensity of the guy you know I mean and it was sort of cut to the chase stuff like I mean he I remember him telling us a story and this this maybe sums him up a little bit that he was at the London Olympics you know with Katie obviously brought home the gold but I suppose we had huge hopes for John John Evan as well and Gary had to come home which in, in some ways sums up the Irish Olympic Council I suppose or whoever he was working directly for I mean this is a guy that got the box and going like um, but he said he came home because he had to come home for work and John John Evan was fighting in the semi-final and he won his semi-final and into the, the, the gold medal decider and for the first time in all the bouts up to that John John mentioned a gold medal afterwards I think you won through at him from the TV you know from RT or whatever and John John mentioned and, and, and Gary said he turned around to the wife and said silver for John John oh because it's just completely about performance and absolute where can you be better mm. you know and that's the challenge constantly and he just we could all c- come up with that rhetoric I think mm. is that fair to say like any of us can yeah. we yeah. all know yeah. and that's, yeah. the, that's the rhetoric we hear constantly from rugby and Dougie Howlett's involved in Cork now and but like he just seems to have this gift of bringing it across and like in my time we had him in 13 and King at Dublin's Leinster Championships since 61 I suppose and he spoke to the players once mm. once mm. but he would speak to the management yeah. you know and that like we'd, we'd have a conference call with Gary because his time was so valuable and we'd have him for 40 minutes maybe and all of us listening and talking and throwing your question and God like he just and even now at the moment like uh, straight out as was Crokes didn't go so well in the early part of the year and kind of getting on to Richie to get on to Gary <laughs> you know it's funny I remember he did a breakfast thing for us years ago up in the Maryborough and I was sent up to talk to Marfus and I was hugely impressed by his personality and his presence etc but if you said to me well what did he say that was so I was like well I can't really answer that but I, I was just really energised by the chap with him he's so yeah. positive and encouraging but it's not like he said, well, maybe you should write this way or that way. You know, it's it's it's, it's a hard one to nail down, isn't it? Well, I put a, 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 I just, he took a call off me after we drew at Kilkenny in 13. You know, and all I could hear in my head were the Sunday night voices of pity, pity, pity. You know, you had him, you had your chance. And I rang him on the Monday. We weren't meeting up until the Tuesday evening. They had done a recovery in Dublin and the sea on Monday themselves. And we weren't meeting on the Tuesday. So I just tried ringing him myself which I wouldn't normally do because I obviously the guy's really busy and I kind of expressed my own doubts and my own uh, insecurities and he said uh, stay in clear tomorrow night you because if you were bringing that up there he said you, you're you're beaten you're beating docket next Saturday <laughs> you know and then by the time Tuesday evening came around I, I bet on the road for Dublin like wired you know that it's half time and we were going to beat Kilkenny yeah. you know and I, that's the kind of effect yeah. the guy has on you and if, what I kind of heard was Cork maybe didn't involve him as much as he'd like uh, I would say a major mistake that'd be my, my take on it and yeah. well, I suppose he's, he's so involved with, with Jim Gavin and you, you'd have to say anyone Jim Gavin has 
you know, wherever he learned about him in the first place. But yeah, he obviously brings fellas with him. Too. Anything usually a bit positive in Dublin hurling, Dublin football tends to let on to be as a player, be as a, a coach. Be as a I, I, I served that one up for you. Too. <laughs> yeah, did, did, yeah. But I think he, he's big time involved with, with Leo Cullen as well, uh, with Leinster, you know. So, I mean, success seems to follow the guy in. Yeah. It's a bit like Eamon O'Shea in another way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, yeah, if, yeah. God, if you have the name of getting up early, you can stay in bed all day. True, it's true, it's true. <laughs> They'd say up my way. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, just looking back on yesterday, you know, I couldn't... Like, I met Robert Bryan, you know, Robert, he's the main official yeah, there in Torles. I met him there and he was just saying like, you know, I said, Robert, he was delighted, of course, with the tip performance. I was just saying, Robert, would it be fair to say if you if you were having a beer in Turles around Christmas and you said Bubbles would be sent forward for tip in the park against Cork this year? He said, you'd nearly be left out of the pub, Dilo. He said, just, what, a, what a display. Like. What a display. You know, he was, he was the, the, the fear and the worry, I suppose, from a Cork point of view, is that you know if he was going to be sent forward and you know that was the word that you had last, uh, last Friday, that he was going to be there. There's always going to be a worry. If you got on the ball, this guy's, this guy's hands that we spoke about earlier on, Fantastic, and he, he you know, he's, he looked a different player. He just looked, he's, he's, there was something about him. Like when he gets that ball, you know, the, he got one under, under the, the north stand in the first half, drew, lashed it over the bar. The ball for the goal, like for, for John McGrath's goal, like the vision to see that, and you know, the, the perfection of the pass straight to him. He just looked, at, you know, he, he looked like a free spirit yesterday. He looked as if he was enjoying himself. So obviously, again, we're, we go back talking about people and, 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 and you know the psychic of, of, of people involved with teams. Obviously, that, that's what Sheedy has and he's a, that's what he's after to bring into it. And again, and probably in, com- in combination with Eamon O'Shea as well, that he's given him the freedom to, to express himself rather than being stuck inside in the corner. You know, a man all over you. He was able to go. He drifted all over the place. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare for your centre-back trying to say, do I, do I go? Do I stay? And, and he's popping points over the bar. So he was, he was, he was phenomenal. Plus, like, I'm going to say this straight out, like, You'd see bubbles some years, RC. Well, he was last two years. He, you haven't seen him. Like, he was taken off last year. Like yeah. you know, he didn't as if he didn't care. Like you know what I mean. But that's the personality that you're dealing with him in, in the context of everyone knows in tip how good he can be or how good he is. Yeah. But they've also seen the bad days. You know, from the point of view of what he's how when he's bad he can be very bad. But, yeah. but again, I, I'd say that the lads have worked the the oracle with him. Like they've got his they've got his mind right, they've got his fitness right, and then this hurling is able to come true. Yeah. And 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 I I would also say like that like, the brain thing, but with himself and Noel McGrath and the two McGraths and himself like I mean the point that Noel got that he set him up for the one two, God if you saw Barcelona doing it yeah. you just said no no Cork at that stage yeah. had nearly heads down like yeah. wasn't it like on on bubbles like and and the whole I would have said that Mark Ellis has been a ferocious loss. Young man, he could go on to be a very good player now. Mm. I, I, I think he has the attributes and went up and scored a great point, but I think just Ellis' experience. Yeah, I'm, six. I'm not sure where he is. I, I, I saw him before the match. Uh, he was with the group, but I, I, injury-wise, Michael might know more in the context of where he is and is, is he coming back from injury. But again, you know, I suppose Cork can't afford to lose anybody, of, in this, especially with a centre-back, where it's been a worry for us for, for a number of years, you know, and Tim is inexperienced. But I, I still think Tim O'Manny didn't do that badly yesterday in some aspects, but he just, you know, he kind of, I thought just, he just got caught in the middle as to whether he should go after him or he was needed to stay. And that was the worry we had. If like, since we, you know, it's, when you get a centre-forward like that who can punish you, can hurt you big time when you get on the ball. Uh, so again, I probably agree with you. Mark Ellis was, 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 was a big loss. As was as was Alan Cadigan, as was Colin Spillane, you know. So we've we've told three that were missing. Co- and then the Bill, Bill Cooper. Cooper scenario, like you know, before the match, you know, it, it definitely upset the balance of the team. Bill Cooper have, has his 
has his has knockers in, in Cork in relation to what he brings to the team. I think those guys will be very quiet after you said to see Absolutely. what the, the the you know the physicality, the, the 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 you know he's one of the leaders, the effort, the energy that he brings. Like you know, I mean that was missing, and you know, and that's that was definitely a blow before the match. Like you know, what I mean, so there's there are two or three leaders within that team that were that were missing yesterday. Like you know, what I mean, so the question is now is is the bounce back? And we're going to get over it and, and come back next Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Uh, like heading to Limerick, like on on all we know from Limerick from the league final, we don't really know yeah. in between. I, I suppose look, at, you have to look at like Tipperary beaten by Dublin in the mm. league quarter final, and you're kind of saying where are they? And yeah. you know they had club football and club hurling. I know they hadn't as much as last year now, and Liam had his homework done there. But like Limerick now is like it couldn't be tougher, really. No, could it? no, and I suppose this is one thing Cork did beat Limerick. But I mean, it's chalk and cheese, and you're talking about Cork being with probably their best defender and the two of the hardest working guys in the team, and Cooper and Cadigan, who bring a huge work ethic, which is what was maybe lacking a bit to um, yesterday. But I mean, to me, the obviously you now looking at Tipperary yesterday, and I mean, Bubbles was fantastic and exactly the fellow you didn't want on an inexperienced centre back. But I would wonder now how many of those shots would Tip have gotten against Limerick the way they set up in the middle eight. You know, they're charging into fellas, they're asking questions. I don't mean illegally, no, but I mean every fella's put under pressure. I mean, when Ronan Maher and Brendan Maher have to look up and kind of see what plate they're going to serve the ball. And I know, you know yourself, no one can defend against that. I actually thought, we were talking earlier, I thought the likes of Alan Cadigan and Niall O'Leary did very well, given that Tipperary were getting the score every two minutes, literally. Do you know, but like Limerick are going to bring that work ethic now to, to Cork on Sunday you may be sure of it and it's funny what I always think is I mean, we were a bit dubious about Tip yesterday would they have the attitude right but I mean what Kylie has done is Limerick always have the attitude right the work ethic is always there like how many times have you heard Cody say that well look that's non-negotiable the effort has to be there and like if Limerick bring that effort and Cork don't match it it could be over at half time yeah and like even going back to that like back to Tim O'Mahony a little bit he was sort of hung out to dry by I thought a lack of a plan mm. for somebody to come back. Like I mean, you don't. We, we spoke about this on Friday that you don't necessarily want your centre back going off up the field and leaving a big gap in the middle. But then somebody must take responsibility. Now maybe Cooper missing. That's, that's what I was just going to say. Thing, yeah. I think Cooper would have would have done that. I think okay. he'd have, he would be the experienced guy that was sitting there. Uh, that he was that was his role. But Fitzy, um, I think they got some criticism in the 21s last year that's the role that, that he fits he did in the, in the 21 final against Tip he played very deep and he's a natural man to go forward and the fact of all of a sudden now you were kind of a very inexperienced midfield you were missing your, your strong man that Cooper would have maybe sat in that pocket to protect him and, and he was missing and I think you know I think the more you begin to, to play out the scenarios as to his impact he was a big loss just then you know they got to get him right now hopefully for next Sunday yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's going to be an intriguing day. I'm actually in Turles at Tippin and Waterford, uh, but I'll be rushing to some uh, watering hole or somewhere anyway to get a look at it because to be the game really. I think that people are wondering really, you know, what they served up in last year's semi final, like and you know where a cock now, though, you know, and uh, like. Well, I think I think Limerick now will I'd, you know will see a situation where potentially one of the teams that as they go on that Cork will be one of the teams that them might want to face later on. And if Cork now, if they'll see an opportunity to put Cork really, really on the back foot, maybe get them out of the competition if they, if they can do a job on Cork at the weekend. Cork didn't finish, with, they've then only four points to play for and they may not qualify. So I think Limerick would be, I think, behind it, happy enough with that result just to see Cork struggling. Yeah. 
Um, you know, if if there's any if there's any 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 bit of fighting cock, they will certainly see a reaction uh, next next Sunday. They'll they'll have to because their their season's on the line. Yeah, scarce. I was only just talking to a couple of people from home uh, before I go home, um, and they were thrilled and moving around a bit. I suppose to to Walsh Park, they were thrilled with the clear result, uh, and one of them was a. Uh, and in a space publican and he was saying now the cock match is definitely going to matter <laughs> because even the head to head could come into play at that stage you know depending on how Claire get on obviously with Tip and uh, and Limerick but even if they weren't to pick up anything from those two games that head to head against Cork and Innes will guarantee the town will be packed <laughs> That's, that was your man's main worry like but uh, you know uh, so I suppose look just looking at that and uh, I suppose we, we will look ahead to 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 the games next weekend but um, Waterford and the whole Walsh Park thing um, backfire Mike it depends depends on your perspective they didn't fill it you'd be surprised I know Claire sent back but we didn't, tickets we didn't make a great contribution do you know what I mean and like wouldn't be great have a great name as travellers etc but I mean having said that I mean I spoke to Ken Regard during the week and he was saying look you know it's it's important in the long term for there to be championship matches in Waterford. And he made the point, like, is there a huge difference in capacity between Cusick Park and Walsh Park? And when you're looking at, which I think is kind of a hidden story the weekend, that Kilkenny wouldn't fill even, quote-unquote, for Dublin, that he wouldn't fill Nolan Park, when you're hearing that, you know, they're sleeping with their hurlies and bringing the hurlies to church and swimming with them and everything. <laughs> There's nothing else going on in the whole city and they can't get 10,000 people to, you know, an, inter- an inter-county championship match. I'm just, I'm just a bit surprised. But, like, for Waterford... I actually think in the long term it will stand to them in terms of development of hurling, in terms of bringing the game on in the city. But in terms of the the team, I'd say I'd say they were surprised. I think they fancy their chances not not because of the league quarter final specifically, because it was just one of those days. Yep. We would fellas falling out over the sideline for Waterford and putting the ball over the bar over their shoulders. It was just one of those days with the wind. But I'd say they did they did fancy their chances. The one thing was, of course, John Conlon wasn't playing that day. And yes. it's, it's yeah, in the league quarter final. And Shane O'Donnell. And Shane O'Donnell. But I mean Conan in particular because I suppose O'Donnell is a bit, you know, small nippy, but Conan does give you that that outlet that maybe Claire Claire don't have, and maybe Cork don't have as well in other counties because he's, he's, he's such a, a so willing still Todd O'Donnell like for a fellow oh, three and a half weeks off a of oh plane like, I mean the way he made the goal oh, I mean, shooting for a point got blocked down by Conor Prunty and then the raw guts to put down one hand, pick up the ball, take on three Waterford defenders. No, who was supposed to be on Conlon? I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe he, there was a question mark about steps. But I mean, yeah, it's funny though that that happened. And I thought for the second tip goal yesterday, the way we hear so much talk about structures and systems, yet within the second, the whole thing can fall to pieces if a guy can improvise like Bubbles or Shane O'Donnell. You know that kind of talent does what it can, but genius does what it must. And the whole the whole defensive structure is challenged then straight away because a fella, as you say, has the guts and the initiative just to improvise it on the hoof. And there was a couple of opportunities. You know, we're going back again now for Cork forwards in the first half. I felt yeah. to take it on and go in yeah, yeah. rather than taking the point. No, when they went ahead on the point, you'd say this is perfect for Cork and yeah. they're going to have the legs and all that. But the bubbles thing was there was an easy point on for him. Yeah, and he said no, I'm. I'm going for the juggler here. And yeah. I thought O'Donnell as well. Yeah. First minute of the game. You know, it's funny, yeah, because there were two early goals yesterday and the winners both got them. And you could really say, even though obviously Waterford rallied and Cork came back and drew, etc. But that, that that was the big play because it gave the, the winners who were visitors too that bit of confidence when they needed it. They were kind of going into hell, if you like. 
but it was a huge a huge boost to them and both both times in fairness to Callan he could have taken an, you know an easy point there yeah. but he took it and it was a, it was a tough finish in the end for him he was at an angle but the two those two goals were huge because the two players had the confidence to improvise something out of it I suppose as they say there's no such thing as recovering from a good start <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we, we touched on it uh, Friday, Ger, um and, you know, Derrick was very strong on the whole, you know, the, looking back on last year, and maybe he should have been a bit stronger, uh, the pushing for the Walsh Park thing. And I have kind of made the point in the column over a few years that I actually don't think the dimensions of the place suit this Waterford team. You know, the Bennetts, the, the Patrick Curran, the commander's yeah. sub, some of these, the, the, the Parik Mahonies now. Do we ever see as little of Parik Mahoney? And what struck me also yesterday was we obviously only had that match on the screen. But like it was like two different sports nearly. There was no space in Watch Park. And then all the space in the park. Yeah. You know, it was crisscross yeah. ball and fellas running into space yeah. or puck outs. Like, whereas Claire just had tactically yeah. had it re- were ready to crowd it. And then did Conlon yeah. and O'Donnell above. Yeah. Again, I suppose go back to Friday, and you know, I suppose Derek raises a question. But you know, the, the the whole expectation of Walsh Park and what what it meant to Waterford, and that the players would be able to handle it, and they had very good players to, that would be able to, to handle that occasion. You know, I suppose watching it before the Cork tip match yesterday, like you know, it was it, it, I thought it lacked that bit, that intensity. Um, I thought it actually got to Waterford a bit that the, you know the whole occasion and that they, they didn't play with freedom, and I I, I agree with. A lot of what you're saying in relation to they do play better in, in they've got some brilliant hurlers that maybe in Thurlis or in Crow Park or in Cork like they they express themselves an awful lot better than playing at home because as we we found yesterday like they playing at home brings its own expectations everyone spoke about God you have to win your home matches because it's going to be so difficult to win your matches away from home and maybe that that whole you know that that whole occasion you know the fact that they beat Clare handling the league quarterfinal we were you know did that. Did that come back to, to, to haunt him a small bit, as you said, you know, whether, whether they were mentally right? But they only probably played for the last 10 or 12 minutes. I thought they were, you know, they, they, they smelt it, got a chance to get back into the game, and they played like taking Jimmy Barron off, like, you know, I'm not sure if he was injured or not. Like, but, it's, yeah. you know, it's like he's one of those guys you don't take off, like, he's one of those marquee players that you try and find a place from because of what he brings to the team. And I was just surprised, you know. So I'd say, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big blow for them. It's a big to lose. Even, their even the 21. With five minutes to go, but then there was five minutes injury uh, yeah, time. So it was well. ten minutes, mm-hmm. and Ozzy going for the goal. Yeah, and then you saw what happened afterwards, yeah. and even the contentious line yeah. ball at the yeah. end, yeah. where you'd say if Gleeson got a shot at it, anything could happen could here. Happen, like, yeah. and even the free taking that we spoke about again Friday, he went with Stephen Bennett as the free taker. As you said, like, it was probably the game you, did, you, you didn't see Parry Manning as much because he wasn't on the freeze. You know, when you have a nine out of ten free taker like that, has much. Derek said after saying he's missed. Four freeze in his time, I think, or something like three, something. Three, three significant ones. Three either, significant yeah. freeze in his in his lifetime as as manager, and you go with somebody else. Like you, you place your trust in somebody else. I just thought it was, you know, it was it was again maybe a strange decision. Probably probably affects Parik Mahoney's general play as well. Then, if you're for a free taker, well, I, I found that with free takers over the years, like it has to work for level. you. Yeah, if it has to work for you, Cork did the same a couple of years ago. They took the freeze off Hoggy and they gave it to Connolly Han against Tip up in Turles, and and it worked. It got it had it had the right effect. It got Lehan into the game, but it 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 it, it rattled Hoggy to an extent that he recovered and you know, he took it on the chin. But I'm not too sure that the situation with Paddy yesterday looked as if you know he wasn't in the game. And if you're used to tapping over, you're taking all the freeze, taking all the responsibility, and that's taken off you. That whole psychic is very interesting. Absolutely. And looking at that, then like I, obviously 
Clare thrilled. Like, I mean, you're coming back up that road there yesterday with two points away from home. You literally now logistically have a dream scenario where you have the Gaelic grounds, which is easier than Cusick Park for the Clare Hurling community as such. And you have two in Innes, you know, so it, it was a massive two points clear. I would have felt maybe, and this reflecting back on, on, on Waterford as well, and maybe I'm not going to be having a go at any managers or anything like that now, but like, like Tony Kelly was allowed so much freedom in that first half. Like, I couldn't believe it. What was unfolding in front of my eyes? Like, I mean, we we spoke about bubbles and how maybe the Bill Cooper thing had an effect, and it's very hard to react there in an instant if you're John Myler, but. Like, I mean, if I mean Tony Kelly's is well flagged at this stage. Like if you give him space, he'll hurt you. Well, they probably put they probably put him in a situation and put him in a position that was going to hurt potentially hurt Waterford more. It was flagged by Derek that Connor Leeson was going to be on, be on him no matter where he went, except centre back. You know, Tig was going to say centre back and, and he wasn't going to be moved. And and, and Tig likes to sit in the pocket and he doesn't like to you know a bit like Timo Manning, I said doesn't like to play off it at all. And you give Tony Kelly a chance, like you know, and you get him into the game. He, he's their main man and he popping over scores you know what I mean that's, that's hugely important so I think I think Claire got it right in the line yesterday oh, it, was, it was like watching um, you, TK like you wouldn't be at too many Clare club games maybe the county final or whatever but like you know you go to see him sometimes in the quarter final or something like that in, the, in Innes and teams that have plans for him like but he will just put a wrecking ball to the plans like just the movement alone like lads can't stay with him and I, I just still think that you just can't say you know Tyg is not coming and if he goes a certain amount you nearly need to assign a guy I mean me and you now would have met in a freshers final down to Merdike and you put a guy on him he was playing with LIT and the guy went we, I, mean, I eventually yeah. put him centre back to try and yeah. get him into yeah, the game yeah, yeah, and yeah. you put your man yeah. No, I don't even remember the lad's name it was Michael name. Collins Michael, Michael Collins, Collins. Who, be, who be a brother of Patrick Jack Collins is a subkeeper oh, yeah, like that's right Matthew put me in yeah, exactly yeah. brother okay, his brother okay, you know I didn't know, know we, that now yeah. we just felt we had like that he was such a he's, he's such an influence and such a like, an athlete an athlete and as, as like he's been he's been as, as you said the other day he's been hounded in Clare all his life in relation to being used to people on him but you know it's a very difficult job like if you're playing and someone goes everywhere with you you know, it's bound to it's bound to get to you at some stage, and uh, you know that day we did it. And I think at some stage you have to consider it. But if you do it, it has implications elsewhere. So like you know, they would have thought about it, and I presume they would. They would talk was Conor Gleeson was going to go after him, but again, they, I don't think Waterford were going to take Ty go to centre back, yeah. and it meant that if you put him in there, it asks the questions of the of the Waterford management. Now, what do you do here with him? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I look from a clear point of view, and I, I might have said this Friday, I the, the inc- well, the reason for optimism for me for Clare was the backlash thing. And maybe we don't back up that then often enough. Like, But um, I felt it like said, David McInerney, you know, maybe the best we saw, Davy Mack, who we know is a great player, but sometimes can be so laid back. You'd say, Jeannie, where do we play Davy? Do we play him at all? Because he's so laid back. But I thought the aggression was back with him yesterday. And early on, he set the tone at full back. And even Jack Brown out centre no, people around the country might have been kind of raised eyebrows at Jack centre back, but like Jack for Bellier has been magnificent centre back. Yeah, but is is he probably better suited out there because at cornerback, if it turns him, and the instinct is to, to you know, in fairness. But just before we leave Kelly, it's funny that Clare are getting the most out of him and Tipper getting a lot out of bubbles. And I know it's a real cliche you want the fellas who can affect the game on the ball as much as you can. The funny thing is, I've seen Kelly. And he's so desperate to get involved, he's behind his own 45, where you don't want him. Mm. Do you know? But at least if you push him forward, 
you're going you're going to you're going to get something else. But like I look at Waterford then, are they getting the more some someone like Gleason, Austin Gleason then, who's probably at that level of, you know, being able to affect the game. Yeah, are they getting as much out of him as Bubbles is doing for Tip as as Tony is doing for Claire? And like there's a challenge there as well. Like is is centre forward really the default position if you want to if you want to get the most out of a free spirit? It's a it's a it, well from my point from my uh, learnings over the year, make it's it's the greatest nightmare. The centre back, centre forward thing at the moment, like it's, you nearly need, I think, a centre forward that's willing to come out and take on their eleven and do more damage than him. Not even mark him. Do you know that he's capable of doing? You say it's Kelly and Bubbles, mm-hmm. and which will be in three weeks' time, mm-hmm. whatever. Let's say if it, yeah. if it happens, yeah. Yeah. who'll win that? But like, I I I could even go back to the '97 All Ireland final where Ollie Baker got man of the match. And if Tip won it by a point, Ollie's men, Tommy Dunn, would have got mad yeah, in a match. Yeah. You know, is that sort of scenario? Yeah, because that's happening more and more. You say, well, this fellow played well, but actually his man, his man did pretty yeah. well too. He, he didn't disgrace yeah. himself that you'd say he was destroyed. But like that, I suppose it's funny because Tip have fellas like Noel McGrath, Bubbles, etc., around the middle who can dip in, snap over a point from 70, 80 yards. And there's a lot of other teams who have maybe three or four fellas who can do that. But they, but they certainly do. But like... Kelly, one thing, and I mean, you could you could feel this one. I sometimes get the impression that, like, does he have a... Is there a problem translating what he does for Ballier, where he's carrying the team, let's be honest, good as they are, translating that to being part of the machine then with Clare? Well, yeah, I, I there's a little bit of that. Now, what I'd say, like, and, and you touched on it there, how sometimes you see him back, and you know, we all remember him catching that ball in the dying moments of extra time against Galway last year on his own 14. You know, um, which is bizarre, really, and then solo and going for a point maybe where he should have popped it off. I just think he gets so frustrated when when things aren't yeah. going well. He's inclined to go into queer places looking for the ball. You know, he just wants so desperately to be in the play, but when it's going nicely and tipping along for him like yesterday, good mm. start, and he's in yeah. the game. Then he then he gets into his comfort zone, and he he he, he really is. Like he's 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 majestic. Then, like you know, he really can do stuff that a lot of people can't do. Really, as a template, I remember cool a couple of years ago. They just put a guy on him, and he just he tagged him as they say in Aussie John rules. Ch- John yeah, Shannon, yeah, for the whole for the for the whole game, sacrifice his own game. And I suppose, but I suppose at club level you can gamble, maybe that the other forwards won't be at a level that, as you were saying, they can drift in and punish you. You yeah. can take that chance, but I mean, you surely expect you if if you take him, that there'll be space for for a Shane O'Donnell or a Conlon somewhere else. And fairness to Clare, I think they, you know, it, it, you'd have to give great credit to the management in that. Like they were down four of the starting team from the beat Waterford last year, and an awful lot of people that you meet around Clare saying, "I just can't see that we have the fellas off the bench even to come in, and they have a better bench." And it, it was a massive win for Clare, really, because people were. And even Derek hinted at this maybe last, on Friday that after 17 into last year, people are saying you're very close. And that has been the narrative in Clare around the Christmas and on into the new year until the the 31-point mm. scoreline against Waterford in the quarterfinal. And then to come up with the win down there, I think, is, is a huge psychological boost for the group. Mm. Mm. If they don't qualify, I mean, it really is in their hands, you know, that... That expression, but it, it it is it sets up nicely for him. No, definitely. Big time. Yeah, taking it back 
Jorta Saturday night. We uh, I don't know, did you go over? But I didn't I didn't go over. No, no, I watched it. No, I watched it. I cleared out my ladies yeah. out of the house, uh, my wife's sisters after having a baby. Yeah, and she's in the regional in Galway maternity, so I hunted them all up to Galway. <laughs> like the volume up to yeah. 60. And uh, I said, uh, curtains closed here now and, uh, and soak this in. But uh, it, was a, it was a funny game, wasn't it? It was a funny game, yeah. It's like uh, tip, like uh, the expectation of Dublin came down like with, and, and they took the game to Kilkenny because Kilkenny were, you know, they were a bit vulnerable. They'd, f- he, they'd five guys making their debut in the championship, like, so, you know, You'd rarely see that happening in any with any team like so. That, but Dublin came down all guns blazing and took the game to them, um, and I, you know, gave a really really good first half performance. But I think the two things that came down that, that for me that, that they were like were the two misses before half time with Sean Moran's penalty, where you know he had got a brilliant first one, uh, and the second Paul Ryan had a great chance, won a great ball, turned. You know, it, it was probably only fractions away from going into the net but it's only Rhino can do those ones as he will do it yeah but at the same, t- at the same time you know you just make sure it's on target yeah. a new keeper test him make him make the save make make the save he's going to do it and I thought those two things kind of psychologically again with four points down at half time where the game has gone and in the incident before half time with Greg Kennedy you began to get a, get the feeling that things were beginning. That was one of the better catches. Of the day. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. look, it, it, I, but I think it was the worst thing that happened to Dublin because it roiled Kilkenny in the supporters. It got Cody's back up, and you can just imagine that dressing at halftime what he was going to be saying. Well, I, I I the volume up full whack, and I couldn't believe like the quietness in the place. And normally, you know, we all know yeah, from going yeah. to Nolan Park, whether you're going as a neutral or you're with somebody else, or you're just you know, um, like they're. F- Ferocious to support. They were a bit like, apprehensive, probably. They were nervous about yeah. the game. I think they were just, they were just, they weren't sure. And even ask, asking Jackie yeah. about it, like, and he was there with his dad, and he said, like, it was just, it was eerily gone quiet. And the Dublin, all you heard was the few Dublin voices, and Dublin looked to be dictating the terms yeah. and the puck outs and everything. And then he said, this thing happened, and like he said, I, I haven't been in a Kenny dressing room in a few years, but I can just imagine halftime this crowd coming down here. With a wear for an intercept and our freeze. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Can yeah, you yeah. I just thought it was huge. I just that the that whole that the, just that couple of minutes. I think the whole the whole the whole game, the whole approach to the game, all turned. And like people there probably just thought he's after stopping a great chance of a goal for Billy Ryan. But if you actually watch it on TV, Colin McAllister has turned around yeah. to talk yeah. to it would this freeze yeah. certainly couldn't have been allowed. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose Greg it was nearly an instinctive thing, really, what he did. Not to be too... I, I'm not praising him, no, because you can't do that. Yeah, no, we no, know no that. I, I, I think... It's unbelievable to say you can't be doing no, that. No, no. You know, you can't be doing that. But, like, it just... He, he seemed to go... Well, well I, I think he... You know, you do it in a club game, really. Well, he was on the pitch. Like, he gets, he, he gets on the pitch quite a lot. I know you've oh. seen him around with Cool, and I've seen him there as well at matches. He spends a lot of time on the pitch, probably, where he shouldn't be on the pitch at times. And he just... Like he was sharp enough to, to go where the danger was, you know, and he was he just happened to be there, and, and like if you if you look at it on, on TV, like he like it was no accident that he was there. I think he knew he was there, you know. To, it was just there was a, there was a split second, and he was he was in around the play, and I just it was a fantastic catch, but like I just I just hold. The minute it happened, I said, 
that's Dublin don't need don't, this they no, don't need this no. from the point of view like things had gone to plan they were going well like everything was working out well TJ was quiet enough Shane yeah, Brown was doing well in them was doing fine in them Kilkenny there was a bit of silence there but I think that, that whole thing with the, with the, and the penalty and I just think at half time I just you know we're looking at uh, you know we're, I was going to take up the odds at half time Kilkenny were, uh, were, were outsiders at half time you know what I mean but I knew four points in hurling was nothing and you look at it and you say you know you know, they needed that seven or eight points ahead. The penalty was crucial, like, from a point of view. The psychology of it as well, like, you know, taking two goals, like, two penalty chances, take it, it went well over the bar, like, you know. But in, in the, since the one-to-one penalty came in, and you've been a goalie, like, I think players have got better at them, you know, and, and a certain way of doing it. And in, Overall, one-one isn't a bad return from two penalties now. I just think that it wasn't the fact that it was, he got 1 1. I think that it, like, it would have put Dublin seven points ahead. And it was just like this, you know, it, to me, it just like, was it an easy, you know, what did, did he, I don't think he probably meant to put it over the bar, but he put the first one below in the bottom corner. And I think that's, you know, I was even saying watching the match, I said, would he go to the same corner again? Or do you go to the other side? But I think that's the keepers. Most keepers don't like a penalty banging the corner down low. And you know, I think he, he he'd have no reason not to go there again. And I just felt, you know, to me, just a psychologically, you know, um, blow like the, for 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 Dublin that they didn't get seven points would have been a big lead to win at half time. Now we're asking serious questions of of, of a team that uh, that that uh, that have, have five new fellas in there. But again, hats off to Cody again on the line. Made a couple of switches. Parik Walsh back, well left half back. Hugh Lauder full back. Puck outs, you know. Unlike Kilkenny, they normally just go long and they put them down. They went short and they worked the ball up, and all of a sudden, once, and once that TJ's goal went in, leveled the, leveled the match with whatever 13, 14 minutes to go, you knew there was only going to be a run result. Was it just Kilkenny making changes? And obviously, the dressing room now was riled as well over what happened. But the dubs, two points in play in the second half. Yeah, I'd say if you're looking back at it, like Tip scored 115 from yesterday in the second half, Dublin got eight points, you know, and two from play. Like, I think you'll have to. Whether it is the effort that was so much in the first half to to, to uh, like their work rate was good again, like the league the league match against Limerick, the league semi final, like their their work rate was phenomenal, and then maybe just fell away like in the in the last twenty minutes because I don't know for whatever reason, whether whether the old doubts came back into their head again, like once Kilkenny got momentum, we've all been there. Kilkenny get momentum on you, there the whole thing changes and they they, they win that vital ball and um, things began to turn for them. Uh, but I just thought the impact of that five minutes before half time was crucial. Those stripy men. I know, they're, they're such great company. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there was a bit of crackdown there, right, because the Leinster rugby final was on before, and I think a few, a few dubs that went down enjoyed it, all right. I'm, I'm only joking, but I mean, it's, it's funny to go along with Bubbles and Tony Kelly. You have another centre-forward there, I know, who's crucial, even though he doesn't play maybe the same, the same way, TJ, but I mean, you know... He's just an extraordinary, extraordinary because you know what's going to go through him, and yet you still—it's still so difficult to do anything with him. Which your plan, which is not to say Sean Moran and these guys weren't bad either, but like you know, he just sees things. I think that Henry do it on the on the Sunday game last night, just the vision for the goal, just what he can see. You I know. could see, but I couldn't hear him. Where <laughs> I was, you know, it's one of those Sunday games. Yeah, and yeah, then, and yeah. then it was Joe Brawley, and then I didn't want to hear. Oh, sure, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a human rights violation there, straight, <laughs> straight away. But yeah, I mean, like it's 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 funny how important. I suppose it's kind of a theme of the weekend. How important your centre forward is, whether he's a a traditional or an orthodox centre forward, or a guy who's floating around. So you just hardly anything new in that. But I suppose the way the game has the way the game has evolved, that the centre forward is doing more now than standing in the centre back, pulling hard 
So the ball just goes five yards past him. Yeah, the, the days of Timmy Crowley are probably, you know, yeah. it's nearly a corner forward at centre forward you need yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like you can, his touch is really good. He's coming deep. Your man doesn't want to go with him. And then he, if he does get on ball, that he, he would be pinpoint accurate, yeah. whether it's shooting or passing. And is there, I mean, it's, it's funny, you mentioned Tyke de Bork earlier. I remember having coffee with Cameron Guy a couple of years and I'd love to play now as a, a centre-back. Because you'd have a fella dropping back from midfield to pick up the centre forward, and he said you can float around and catch the ball and you know just lay it off, etc. It's funny how the the two roles have changed as well. And like now the centre back nearly needs, you know, a Bill Cooper or whoever you're having yourself to drop back from midfield so you can play as a centre back just without marking the centre forward. Yeah, you have to give it up to him now, and you have to give it up to Carlo a bit with the performance in Salt oh, yeah, Hill as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean. T- the tragedy of that is that they'll probably still be going back down to the Joe McDonough, isn't it? And and like what progress? I mean, I don't know. Is there an argument for a playoff there at least for the, for those guys? Yeah, because I suppose like a lot of teams, it all goes like they put up a great performance now yesterday. But in a couple of weeks' time, now a couple of injuries, maybe a suspension, you're yeah. dipping into the panel. And with all due respect, you're maybe going to fellas who aren't quite at the level, and you have a couple of heavy. Tankings in, and as you say, like what what good does that do them then in the long term? Like that that was a great day yesterday in isolation, but like in three or four weeks' time, when you're looking at the bones of maybe a 19 year old that you have to throw in on top of a season, you know, with a couple of all stars, it might be different. Yeah, we said that Friday that they need, you know, they're really trying hard, so hard. Structure is very yeah. good, having Colin yeah. Bonner there and uh, Timmy Hammersley is there with him, I think, and you know, like it's just that whole thing if we want Hurland to expand yeah. you know uh, the Joe McDonough teams let's say yeah. they're the ones yeah. in position maybe that they could take the step and Carlo are trying and they need the backup like if the GA were even to try and you know three extra Hurland yeah. coaches yeah. into the schools yeah. there you, you might have another layer coming behind them and you've like they're ideal because there's an IT there so there's expertise on hand they have a floating pop they can keep say they can yeah. keep fellas there between 18 and 22 which in other counties, isn't as easy. It's it, it would it would be an obvious target to say, look, we can kind of give us five years, we'll get them up to another level, maybe maybe a McDonough and a half team, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah. So as well, Dale, you might mention there, mention what the guys coming in there. There's, there's probably no coincidence that Michael Dempsey and uh, and also DJ are in with IT Carlo and have been for the last couple of years bringing their expertise in to guys at that, at, you know, at 18, 19, 20 years of age. So I think, you know, there's probably something in that to, to develop and bring in experienced coaches there that would help them along, you know. Yeah, that has been a huge, IT Carlo has been, although they haven't got over the line in the Fitzgibbon. <laughs> yeah. But, but they've, they've been competing, they've oh, been there, yeah, they're, they're, you they're, know, it's a place you don't want to go up to play. Like, no, they've had huge victories. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so yeah. maybe something in that. Okay, looking ahead to the weekend, uh, we, we just, we'll give a quick, quick look ahead because it's obviously week two, Clare lads now are on Spanish Point Beach, chilling, ax, chillaxing now for three weeks completely. We've done with three weeks in a row, but anyway, they can watch what's going on. Um, I suppose just to take, I, I, just to kick it off at Leinster. I mean, how massive is Dublin and Wexford now in Parnell? It, it, it's used in the context from a Dublin point of view, in that even though they would have been disappointed with the result last week, it was still it was an away match, and you know, and it would have been a complete bonus. Uh, if they got a result on Saturday night, which you know, which the, they, they probably had, it probably was a great chance for them. They're still going back home next 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 weekend against Wexford, first day out. They'll have to now probably beat either Galway or Wexford to, to qualify. They'll beat Carlow, probably you would imagine. So they'll have to come up with a couple of results there to get that magical four, five, six points, whatever it's going to be. You know, they won't. Uh, 
they won't fear Wexford in, in Parnell. They'll, they'll, you know, they they see Parnell as their home and, and it's their, it's their, it's it's theirs. And you know, if there's still again, it's trying to, but it's trying to probably get that that kick back again. Is there'll be a lot of pride. And they will perform. I think they'll turn it up. Like, but whether, you know, it's a big challenge for Wexford too. They've got two away games back to back. You know, going up to yeah. Galway the weekend after. Yeah, like they they need to get something as well. Like so, there's all the ingredients for it to be a great game. Yeah, I was looking at it there as well. The overall context and the way things have changed, and the whole world, and as we knew it, and and as we loved it, but we were also embracing this and absolutely loving it. That if Kilkenny now probably will be Carlow, with you respect, and if they can beat Galway in in Nolan Park, like they could be in the Leinster final, going to Wexford, and really nothing to play for. Uh, you know, could. It could come back to Wexford that way in the last game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, potentially, but I suppose it, it, I suppose you can only. It's a bit like a bit like what you're talking about, Gary Keegan earlier on. It's all just you got to live in the moment, yeah. and you can't you can't look look past the next performance in the next weekend. We can so, hear like we can, I suppose, <laughs> then, yeah. But we can't. I suppose again, we're surmising. It's very hard to go down three or four weeks down the line when everything is everything for Dublin and Wexford now. Is to an extent is such a big game, um, you know. And I suppose you're like you'll be up there this week. I suppose what sort of vibe do you think that you'll get up there in the context yeah. of how, how it'll go for them? Well, we we just we've two league games this week because I don't know Dublin. Is funny, like I mean, you might have a league game for four weeks and then you have two one Wednesday, one Saturday. So. Um, and just, but we did a small training session on Saturday morning, and like Bill was there, you know, and um, Quinn and Conway, they they were at training. Like you wouldn't expect Fergal to be there, and I suppose Oshim was disappointed, no, and he wasn't he wasn't playing even though he was named. Um, but Bill was fairly bullish that they were going down into winning that year, and you guys need to be. It's just that that whole thing now of I think the extra day is a little bit significant as well because. Saw Rushi coming off yeah. with 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 the, ankle, yeah. the ankle, so maybe that extra, you know, kind of oh, one more night recovery might just. You now he, I thought he 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 caused Kilkenny he huge caused trouble. Did, yeah. But you're facing into Liam Ryan now. You're yeah. facing into a fair full back like, yeah. and yeah. Liam won't be too bothered about Pernell either. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Probably be interesting one because it'll be you know they'll both play with seven defenders probably. You know, yeah. so it'll be an interesting mm-hmm. game. And Wexford are hard to beat. When they play it, you know, a lot of a lot of teams find it difficult to beat them because they they have the system down to a fine art, you know. So yeah, the lad, the lad will have him wired up. For yeah, the, the last few well. years, the last few years, you know, um, he seems to have turned it a bit. Like back in our time, we I, I always had a good record against Wexford playing from, from a Dublin point of view. I think you were the same. Yeah. We never feared him, and the lads never fear playing Wexford. Mm. But this the last couple of years, like they seem to have have turned it a, a, a tiny bit. So. Yeah, you know, he'll have them well fired up going to yeah. Randall Park. Like yeah. it'll be, and he'll come up with something different. I would imagine he'll come up with some sort of. He's he's good to come up with a little bit of tactic here and there. It, there'll, there'll be no complacency on, on his part, you know. And will it be difficult, Mick? Parik Fannin face the Torless after yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I would say so because I would say it's probably no secret they targeted that one, the team that they put thirty points on, coming down the you know the build up etc. Like it's a good test for him now because you know he's not that long in the job you know so you know yourself you're trying to turn experience into into gold so that's a fair challenge for him and of course you're going up to Tipperary who are you know obviously riding high you now at the moment and that's what you know everyone in Torlis will be looking for a kind of a, a procession of scores similar to what they put on against Cork uh, yesterday I mean the one thing is like Waterford are fairly forewarned no by what tip will will bring certainly in terms of bubbles if they try that again that would they bring someone back to sit next to Ty de Borca and clog the channel there or small but then go back to five up front and just try and kind of dig in 
and make sure Tip don't get a goal or too early on and maybe kind of turn into a, a shooting match. But I mean, I, I would agree with Jerry being kind to look at St. Apati Manny this week. Listen, you know, you can take the freeze this, <laughs> yeah. this weekend because, I mean, you know, he's he's unerring. Like, it's a huge it's a huge plus. And as we all know, like, I mean, score lines and, and differences could be very important down the line. Yeah, and Torless probably is his kind of venue and his, his, his stage. And I suppose, look, we've looked at Cork and, and Limerick and that's, I think that's the mouth-watering one for next weekend. But we just, I think, I just can't wait to see what Limerick will see. You know, it was so swashbuckling in the league. and But this is championship. This is a, this is a bruised Cork team going up. And I mean, like the, it's, it's also Limerick's first big outing at home, All-Ireland champions. Correct. Correct. You know, a nice, a nice evening like in Limerick and, you know, you could have... You could have 25,000 Limerick people coming in over the wire at you. It wouldn't be, <laughs> be fairly grim. Ah, they're a nice old crowd, really, sure, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's, it's a real testament of where Cork are going to be now. Like it's, it's going into the Lions Den, you know, on a place where we've struggled over the years to get to get results in Limerick. And, you know, it hasn't been, it mean, hasn't been as nice to us as going to Turles is. Like, so I, I think it'll, I think there's a, it's a real test for John, for John and his management team to, Come up with come up with something that's going to really really test Limerick. Uh, you know, I think that you know we've come a bit, we've been a bit predictable in our team in our selections over the last two years. You know, we all knew yesterday what the team was going to be last week, other than maybe full back and corner back. I think, I think they have to look at they'll have to look at doing something something different. And whether he'll whether, you know he needs a couple of leaders like fellas he can trust going into going into going into Limerick on on, Saturday, on Sunday. Um, so, but I, I think you should maybe look at a couple of. Couple of task a few questions in Limerick, like, and don't be as predictable as what we think the team is going to be. You know, maybe a Darif is given a full forward or Darif is given a centre forward rather than putting him in a centre field. Maybe ask a few questions of Limerick that if, if they put him in there, you know, maybe we should reverse the roles a small bit and and and, and leave us ask the questions so that Limerick would begin to have to think outside the box. Well, bit, I like you know? the Cunningham thinking outside the box. Darif it's full forward. I tell you, it raise a few eyebrows there, but he could. Just, it, Something like well, that could know, just it, well. It just he's he's done it with Charleville, You know what I mean? Yeah. If you put someone in, in in like that and give them a role, he's he's fit. He's you know you have to he's again you have to mind him. And I'm sure if you're Mike Casey yeah. or, or or Sean Finn, you say, no, I don't want Derek. Well, no, you're given well, him here. No, you're saying do I you know if Derek gets a role, do I go after him? And he maybe yeah. he might expose a bit of space inside for for Hoggy and hopefully Cadigan if he's might be back if uh, if his injury isn't too bad. You know we, you need Alan back there. You you need you need. You know, will he go back to Damien Cahillan? You know, will he, like Owen Cadigan, as I said, did well yesterday. They're the kind of guys that he really needs now to stand up and he needs to get bigger, better performances from the guys that have, you know, yesterday Daniel Carey didn't get on a ball, Fitzy didn't get on a ball, Mark Conan was very quiet, Shamey was quiet except for the goal, you know, there's, and Lehan was in and out. You're going to need, they're, they're going to have to react. And, uh, you know, I suppose their form this year, last couple of matches, you know, I suppose we we, we, we were looking at the league match as a blip against against Tip, but they can, you know, they didn't play well, they went up to Kilkenny in a, I know I'm, it didn't really matter, but they didn't play well by all accounts and then no yesterday, so the fourth game, like they're heading in there, you know, with, um, with a, a huge challenge taking on the All-Ireland champions, but, you know, maybe that's what it's about. I can sense it around the office here in, in the examiner that the Cork um, never beaten, lads. Uh, thanks, thanks a million for listening, guys. Uh, pleasure. Uh, Mike Jor, uh, Larry is the happy man in the studio this morning uh, of Tipperary fame and you can listen into the podcast on iTunes SoundCloud and at theexaminer.com slash podcast and uh, thanks for listening folks and uh, we'll talk to you again soon
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 